Hello and welcome. Welcome to Story You Talk Radio. I am your host, Coach Debbie, and I am delighted to spend this hour with you every Thursday, 4 o'clock Pacific Time, 7 o'clock Eastern Time. And if you can't be with us live, you might want to check out the Friday AM repeat where we offer that at 6 a.m. on your drive to work or if you're on the East Coast, 9 a.m. on Fridays. So thank you so much for joining me today. I've had some really wonderful guests to be with in recent shows. We had Autumn Bates on last week's show. Did you catch us? We were really talking about how you author the story of your health. How do you get in touch with your health and really have a relationship with it so you're creating the health you want to have? If you go back into Apple Podcasts or Spotify, SoundCloud, Podcast One, any of those places, uh, you will find Authoring Your Health. And that was with Autumn Bates. She's just a lovely woman from the L.A. area. Her her brand is uh, Autumn L. Nutrition. AutumnELLENutrition.com. Actually, that's her website, not her brand. Uh, her brand is all about making your wellness goals come true, making your wellness dreams come true. And I brought her on the show because she's really helped me. And another person that we had on the show recently was Ian Lynch. In fact, he did the show with me live midnight his time in London. <laughs> I I told him we could do a pre-record, even though I'm not really excited about doing those, um, because he is eight hours ahead of Pacific time. And he said, oh, no, 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 I I think a live show's great. Let's, let's do, let's step up to the challenge. So he, he was on midnight. We were here at the regular time, four o'clock Pacific, And we talked about the rights of man. And really, this was about the rights of passage for 40, 50, 60-year-old men. Whether they had really gone through them as a a teen or not. We, We still need these rights throughout our adulthood. And we specifically talked about those that help and nourish and guide men into their attentional well-living. So that was a, a recent show as well in middle of September. So those are just a few topics that might interest you when you're looking through the archives. I would just be delighted if you subscribe to my podcast And always, 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 it is lovely to spend this live hour with you. You know you can call in. Today our topic might really speak to you. We're talking about creating bold and beautiful content. 
And behind the scenes of creating bold and beautiful content, if you ask me, is the shadow side. You know, why why aren't we doing that? How come we're not creating our bold and beautiful content? What keeps us from creating our bold and beautiful content? And that can be what's known as the imposter syndrome. Yeah. So we're going to have a little talk about that. And I'm, of course, as a writing teacher, I am excited to give you strategy to bring you back into creating your bold and beautiful content. But I also want to offer you a little history as well, where this whole notion of the the shadow side, I call it, the imposter syndrome came from. What does it really look like? How do we know we're in it? And then how do we get out of it? What are some of the best ways to get out of it? I'm always thinking about what will... What will delight listeners? What what topics might they want to get into? And really, this topic came out of my, oh, I don't think we want to call it fury, <laughs> but, but my upset that sometimes when I'm listening to people that I really admire, maybe I'm listening to their podcast or... I'm attending one of their live events really bothers me when they quote someone that I admire and they don't offer any credit. They make it sound like it, it, it was just their own thought or they'll, they'll be in the middle of their speech and they'll, they'll say something we've heard a thousand times and, and they just don't go back and refer to that place of origin. A friend of mine actually was was giving a public talk recently and she kept throwing in little lines like, you know, just take it a day at a time. Just just keep it simple. You know, don't forget first things first. She kept saying these things that are the slogans, long long known slogans of Alcoholics Anonymous and 12 Steps, and yet she never mentioned that in the speech. And so afterwards, I I said to her, you know, I I never knew you were a follower of 12 Steps. And she said, huh, I'm not. Where'd you get that? And I said, well, you were using their slogans all through their speech. And she said, oh, really? Oh, I just, I hear that stuff all the time. So do you see what happens we get so far away from giving credit that we don't even know where the, where our own speech is coming from. There are a lot of idioms I use, and sometimes I get real curious, where did this come from? You know, one, one that I've said a lot when I'm excited for someone is, yeah, go ahead, break a leg. <laughs> but think about it. Why do we say that? <laughs> where does that come from? So... I think it's important to know who it is you're quoting. And if you get in the habit of it, you start having a real desire to go back and refer to those that you admire and look up what some of their famous quotes are. And you start bringing them into your beautiful, your bold, your own content 
This is excellent for the blog writers, for those of you who are writing articles for Forbes and Entrepreneur and the Washington Post. It's wonderful for those of you who are going out and giving your speeches, delivering your TED Talks, for those of you who are writing your books. It's really important to stay close to those that you admire. Quote them. Don't, uh, don't just fall into the habit of quoting anyone or failing to quote someone and actually using their words and not giving that someone any credit at all. I think it gets in the way of really creating your own bold, beautiful, authentic content. So that's what we're talking about. I would love to hear from you. So far, I have heard from no one, and that always scares me. I I really don't like coming on the show live when there isn't yet someone in the queue with a question. So uh, have at it. <laughs> Start writing. Send me a question, and we can work on that. You can always send it to Facebook Messenger. If we are friends on, um, oh, what do you call that? The business page, send it to Coach Debbie, and that's D-E-B-B-Y. Or just head on over to my personal page, Debbie, D-E-B-B-Y. My last name is Handrich, and it's just like it sounds, H-A-N-D-R-I-C-H. Just send me a little note in Facebook Messenger. You can also send an email. And the email address is AskCoachDebbie. Just one word. AskCoachDebbie, D-E-B-B-Y. And that's gmail.com. AskCoachDebbie at gmail.com. And of course, you can call in. It's so wonderful when you call in. Last week, Judy called in and got some help around what she thought was a possible allergy to coffee. Uh, Today, I would love for you to call in about writing your content, the imposter syndrome, or anything that's on your mind. So let's go over to Eric. He is the sound engineer, operations engineer for KKNW. He'll know the numbers. How you doing, Eric? Hey, good afternoon, Debbie. Great to talk to you as always. Yes, I'm happy to uh, take calls and patch them through to you so they can ask their writing questions. We're at 425-373-5527. That's 425-373-5527. Or toll free, 888-298-5569. That's 888-298-KKNW. Thank you. Thank you so much. How are things over there at the studio? Oh, it's 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 nice. Um, we've got you know a very nice view today. Less smoke than we recently had. So any day that we don't have a lot of smoke in the atmosphere now, I'm chalking up as a good day. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. I don't know if you know this, but I live down here right 
at practically at the ferry dock for the West Seattle Ferry. Mm -hmm. So I look out at the water. I love it. You know, I I have just, it really is, Eric. It really is. It's the size of a, you know, a two car garage, but it does me well. And the, the smoke and the fog was just, it it, it was apocalyptic looking for Uh a while there. So, so nice to have just blue sky with some clouds. Yes. (laughs) So thank you, Eric. Thank you for those numbers. And uh, I hope wherever you dear listeners are that you are safe from the smoke that has really, really become a theme in the West Coast here. So, So I am wishing you much wellness, much safety. We are talking about building your bold and beautiful content, which is the grand side of really taking ownership of your voice. I want to give you just a little bit of history here. I went and looked this up. I thought, who who came up with that word, imposter syndrome? Turns out, two researchers, two women, Pauline Clance and Suzanne Imes, were part of a study in the 1970s. And, you know, the late 1970s, this was a time when, oh, we called it women's lib, women's liberation. Women were going back to work more and more and more all the time. And, you know, some of the husbands loved the benefits of a little more income, and some of them came home from work and saw their woman wasn't at home and went, hey, where is she? How come I'm here first? And uh, where's dinner? And you can imagine, this was a time of upheaval. Why this big change? Why do women need to work? Well, there's a lot we could talk about regarding that. But what Miss Pauline and Miss Suzanne went on to discover is that these women were making high, high achievements. And yet they, they claimed that they felt like phonies. They felt like they weren't really as intelligent or capable or creative, despite the fact that a lot of them were receiving awards and they were receiving promotions. And let me say, this is what happens when the full picture of what we're doing isn't working out. We start to, we start to come up with excuses. And this is what Pauline Clance and Suzanne Imes discovered in their study, that women were really aware that although they had received some high achievements, it wasn't all working out. And they started to have these excuses. I mean, some would refer to the idea that, oh, I just I just have some good luck going on my side. And others would, would claim that it was all about the right time being in the right place, the right time, women weren't really honoring themselves. They weren't receiving the award and saying, thank you. 
I remember this is something my mother used to talk to me about when when someone would come up to me, I have this very bright blonde head of hair that is just part of my genealogy. And I didn't do anything to make that bright blonde hair happen. But people would come up to me and they would say, you have such beautiful hair. And I would just say, oh, I, you know, I just, I just look like my, my grandmother. I, I'd try and brush it off. My mother would say, Debbie, why can't you just say thank you? And I I let that sink in one day and I thought she's right. Why not just say thank you? When we're working hard at something, that's another time when we fail to just say thank you and accept the honors. And if we're not accepting the honors, we're starting to fall into the shadow. And oftentimes this is referred to as the imposter syndrome. So I wanted you to know where that originated, but I also want you to know how you can work with it. So get to writing, send me a question, think about this. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll move forward. We will be right back. This is Marilyn Milano. If you love animals, then please check out my new show, Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I'll be talking with rescue groups, animal advocates, and other organizations that help animals, sharing their stories, and giving our listeners some tangible ways in which they can help make a difference. That's Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Raising awareness, touching hearts, and saving animals' lives. Have you considered your health goals as you step into fall? Are you finishing the year right on track? If these questions leave you stumped, meet Autumn, the founder of L Nutrition. As a clinical nutritionist, she knows that counting calories never works long term, and high endurance exercise is not everyone's thing. Check out the podcast for the October 1st edition of Story You Talk Radio, as Autumn Bates shares scientific facts to help you be fit, reduce chronic pain, and meet your wellness dreams. Hi, this is Lisa Downs, host of Reigniting You, a new show here on KKNW that explores a variety of topics and timely issues for making mid to late career transitions. I'll be here every Wednesday afternoon at three o'clock bringing you guest interviews, career transition advice, and great stories to guide you to what's next in your career and life. Gain a renewed sense of purpose for your next phase with a positive forward-looking approach. Get ready to be re-energized, recharged, and reignited Wednesdays at three o'clock. Conversation you won't find on the rest of the dial. Alternative talk. 1150. And welcome back. Thank you for joining me on Story You Talk Radio. We're talking about creating bold and beautiful content for your speeches, for your books, your blogs, your articles, anything you are writing. And I, I really want to stress that even if you didn't major in writing, you certainly don't need a PhD in journalism to be putting together beautiful content. I, I don't even like the idea of copy editing. 
I, I think sometimes, unless you have someone that, that is really, really grounded in your brand and your theme and a very, very good listener, you often end up hiring someone who writes up your content the way they think you want to come across as opposed to the way you really are. And that, that can bring a, a lot of hesitation to your new clients or to your audience because if they've been reading what your copy editor is putting together for you and not what you really said, that it just feels a little glitchy when they meet you and you start talking and it's like, hmm, what's going on here? This isn't this isn't what I'm used to reading. This isn't the voice I'm used to hearing. Um, I wonder why. We, we get in this habit of sending out the work that we feel inferior about doing. Even writers do it. I hired a copy editor to write my bio. One, she was someone that had worked for me. Two, she was someone I trusted deeply as a writer and three I was undergoing imposter syndrome and I was scared out of my mind to write my own bio I just thought I'm either going to do one of two things I'm either going to brag on and on and on about the things I've worked so hard at or I'm going to forget completely the things I've worked so hard at and have nothing to say I couldn't find that middle ground, which was just my own voice. And we do this. We do this when we're undergoing the imposter syndrome. We, we get caught up in, in just those real black and white territories. So here's some ideas for writers that are feeling like, I really want my voice to be authentic, but I, I worry that I'm going to overwork it. I worry that I might get caught up in some perfectionism or maybe I'll start comparing myself to others who are more successful or did it a different way or, oh, maybe it'd just be so easy to fall back into doing what I know the old plan B idea. You don't have to do that. What you really want to do is remember that your brand, the way you approach your content, the way you approach the work you do is all your own. But there are people that have influenced you. And by honoring them, you have started that thing that speech, that blog, that brand, whatever it is you're writing. For example, someone that I really admire is Mary Oliver. And if I have something I'm, I'm writing and I need to present, I might go and look up a Mary Oliver quote. One day, actually, one of my own mentors was giving a, a webinar and he offered this Mary Oliver quote, and I've since put it in several things I've done. She says, tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one 
wild and precious life. Oh my goodness. I just love that. It, it's inspirational. It, it asks you to reflect and it, it evokes a sense of, of motivation, but also creativity. It's a great quote. Not that many words either. Let's see what happens if we try to count out one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah, thirteen words there. Um, you you don't need a lot of words, but if you have a quote from someone you really admire, Mary Oliver was a a poet that. When I was married, my husband and I spoke of her often. He was a prolific writer of poetry. She was in our household conversations. She deserves to be in my writing. She deserves to be someone that I nod to when I'm talking about how I've developed my own content, my own speeches, my own class courses. When I'm, when I'm excited about what I have to offer, I should be including those that helped me get there. If it wasn't for that time of reading Mary Oliver's poetry and also for that time of reading Mary Oliver's suggestions about the craft of writing, I, I would be somewhere different. And I, I, would, I would say I wouldn't be as far along in my own creative writing adventures. I would not. So it makes sense that I would quote her. Now, here's the wonderful thing. When you're building your content and you want it to be your own bold and beautiful self, you, you go to those that influenced you and you take a quote and you write it down on a piece of paper. You might start by just putting it right in the middle of your piece of paper. And you think about what it does for you. So let's just review some of the things I just said. Let's hope I can remember. I, I had that quote and it made me think about the fact that Poetry was alive and well in my house for a certain number of years. It made me think about the fact that Mary Oliver is someone that brings me back to my sense of creativity. Uh, it also made me think about where do I go for motivation? I go to the writers that I give credit to that, that inspired me most you know, that's a very, very, very rough outline for a speech. Absolutely. We're talking about reflection, motivation, and a story from real life all around this one quote. Let me even read the quote to you again. Mary Oliver, the poet, said, Tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life. Listen to that. That plus three points is a blank sheet of paper with ideas ready to just gobble up whatever I want to give to that sheet of paper. It's ready to just take down that speech that is 
is being born at that moment. And that's my own content. It was inspired by a writer. I would probably in that speech talk a little about Mary Oliver's life. And I might even find another quote to wrap up this speech at the end. But can you see how that brought me from what has been said back to my own writing, back to my own ideas? Now, if you get stuck in the imposter syndrome, what's going to happen is you'll see the quote and you'll do this. You'll think, well, I could never write a quote like that. I'm not going to be remembered for saying something so bold and so strong. I think I should just go home. (laughs) You're going to say things like that. You're going to feel like Mary Oliver was the only one who could express herself so well. But here's the thing. We don't have to compete with Mary Oliver. We just want to honor people like her that have helped us really feel like our content matters. It brings us back to that place where we said, I want to write this blog. It brings us to that place where we initially agreed, I want to teach those classes. It brings you back to that place where you initially said, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Whatever that is for you, a young, young girl actually got in touch with me and said, I write a lot of horror and it gives me a, a place to go when I'm not at school. It gives me kind of this place to just dump ideas from my dreams but I don't think I'm going to write whore forever. Do you think I should give it up now? No, no. It's serving her in some capacity to write whore. So somewhere along the line, she got inspired to do this. Now, if she starts telling her own story about it, there's probably a writer to quote. And it doesn't have to be a writer of horror, but it could be. It could even be one of her writing teachers. What is great about it is when you're developing your content, those you honored had their own path, and you, rightfully so, have your own. But to make connection with your audience whether they're reading it or they're sitting out there where you're speaking, to make connection with them, you might want to bring in those that you have a shared story with. I know most of the audiences I speak to would have at least heard that Mary Oliver's a poet. Someone else I quote a lot is Maya Angelou. Someone else I quote a lot is my, my mentor and spiritual teacher, Robert Holden. When you go in certain circles, it's important that the people you're quoting, at least some of them, you know, half of the room could say, oh yeah, I've heard of that person. Or they may even have a very, very thick 
reader's life with that person. I, I think I have a reading life with Mary Oliver. I remember my mother gave me my first book of poetry by Mary Oliver called Blue Pleasures. And I loved the sort of the, the play on words there, blue meaning maybe sadness, maybe reflection and pleasures meaning joy and how she brought those two words together. And then the cover of the book was just plain blue. It's lovely. It's wonderful. It was my introduction to Mary Oliver's work. And we want to pass that along when we're writing our own stuff. Another thing you want to think about doing is really boasting about a mentor of yours and your story with them. So, for example, a story that goes way, way back is when I first, I first was reading John Steinbeck. And I remember my sixth grade teacher came into the library and she saw me there and it was recess time. And I was reading Of Mice and Men. And I don't know really if this was considered advanced reading or not. She didn't say so. Her name was Mrs. Romeo. <laughs> Isn't that a beautiful name? She came into the library. She saw me sitting there. I'm reading Of Mice and Men. And she said, Debbie, why aren't you outside with the other children playing at recess? And I probably said something like I'd rather read or um, oh, I, I probably made up some sort of excuse. I don't think I told her the truth that the students pick on me and the library is a safe place for me to go. So I'm sure I'm sure I made something up. But what I remember from that moment is she noticed your reading of Mice and Men. How do you like the book? And we started talking about the story. And this is one of my very first memories of having a conversation with a teacher I loved and about stories. I mean, I, I probably, in part, went on to be a teacher because of that very conversation, that a teacher took interest and wanted to talk to me about what I was enjoying from that book and what I was getting out of it. And I don't really remember the conversation, but I can tell you I remember how happy I was that she really saw me, that she took time to be with me, and that we had this conversation. And in that moment, there was no imposter syndrome. I wasn't thinking about what would be the smart answer. I was just engaged with my teacher and having an opportunity to answer these questions of what did I think of this story? How was I enjoying it? What did I think about this one character? I went on to read an awful lot of John Steinbeck, and it could be, <laughs> in part, 
because my teacher took interest. She saw I was capable. And when, when we're having those moments, there's, there's no chance for imposter syndrome. But because we've had those moments, it's important to create bold and beautiful content and bring those moments into our story, into whatever it is we're writing about, just like I did right here. I mean, this radio show is my content, and I just brought you a story. And many people would think that's that's boasting on myself, but to me, it's boasting on the mentors, on Mrs. Romeo, on John Steinbeck, and also on my joy for reading and then becoming a teacher because it's a value I have and I'm so glad I did it. So what's yours? I still don't have a question. I'd really love a question. Let's take a little break, give you some time to write up that question. We're going to come right back. Have you considered your health goals as you step into fall? Are you finishing the year right on track? If these questions leave you stumped, meet Autumn, the founder of L Nutrition. As a clinical nutritionist, she knows that counting calories never works long term, and high endurance exercise is not everyone's thing. Check out the podcast for the October 1st edition of Story You Talk Radio, as Autumn Bates shares scientific facts to help you be fit, reduce chronic pain, and meet your wellness dreams. Are you ready for something real, raw, upfront, and honest? Then tune in each Wednesday at 2 p.m. right here for Love from the Hip. I am spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and the host, Sakura Sutter. This show is unlike anything you have ever heard and was created to help others to help themselves. Hear me follow up with guests I have hypnotized and see how it has improved their lives. I will also spotlight amazing people from around the world. Their skin tips, live readings, and answers to life's burning questions. Join us each Wednesday at 2 p.m. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash 1150kknw. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. We're talking today about building your bold and beautiful content. There's nothing worse than listening to a speech or seeing someone offer a beautiful article and right away you spot that they're plagiarizing. <laughs> they're using someone else's words and they're not giving any credit. You wonder why. Plagiarism is this thing where we copy and we try to hide that wasn't it wasn't really our idea. You don't want to be that person and you know it. You know it. What happens when we're on the other side is we have a lot of high achievements, but we're not really sure how to take credit for it. So instead of, instead of being the, the one that is plagiarizing, being a little dishonest, sort of hiding their own good work that could come into the world, maybe you're the person that always gives credit to great timing 
and that's why things are working out for you, or you think you just have a lot of good luck, or maybe you say, I, I actually know someone who helped me far along, or maybe you give good credit to someone else's abilities, and in a way, instead of deceiving your audience, like the person who's plagiarizing, you start to deceive yourself. And we call that the imposter syndrome. It's when we have accomplishments, but we're not going further. We're not continuing in with our, our bold, our beautiful content because we just haven't learned how to receive the goodness of what we're doing. And so we stop. We stop. We don't write that next book. We don't continue with our blog. I'm very guilty of that. I've started and stopped numerous blogs because once that momentum sort of lost its way, I lost my way. And I started to believe in the idea that I had I had readers at one time, but now I don't, so it won't matter. <laughs> Things like that come into your head. Even Maya Angelou said this. She said, I've written 11 books, but before I sit down to write my next one, the thought passes, they're going to find me out. Maya Angelou said that word for word. That's a quote. Here's someone who, who not only, I mean, she says, I have written 11 books, but I just want to add to that. She was also the Nobel laureate, a very longtime professor, best-selling author. She has all kinds of credentials to put behind her name. And yet she went through this too and admitted it publicly that it's hard. It's hard to stick with your voice. It's hard to stay in that boldness of creativity. But I find a certain amount of peace when someone like that comes forward. It's one of the reasons I work so hard at being vulnerable here is I, I want you to know I'm a real person. I, I'm not someone that one day was given a job to teach and later was trusted and that allowed me to be a professor and therefore I make no mistakes. It's That's not the true story at all. Uh-uh. No. And, and we tend to think, we, we tend to build in false truths when their status. I noticed that. When, when I would be introduced as associate professor of writing, people would just say, oh, professor, and I didn't like that. I didn't like that at all. I, I felt like I'm, I'm a human being who has read and who has studied and who continues to create content, but I, I don't want to pretend that I'm some sort of apostle <laughs> or, or something ridiculous that gets built into status. And being an author, that's another real status label. People don't want to take it on. They're afraid. They think 
they're they're not really an author and so they don't go forward what what i want to encourage you to do is something called the sandwich effect and i just want you to know i looked it up i tried to find out where this originated and i couldn't find it out but the basic idea of the sandwich effect is that in the middle is the real meat of an idea and the bread, the beginning and the ending around it, uh, isn't isn't necessarily where you're going to get your so-called nutritional value or the real punch, but the the meat in the middle is the real punch. Well, that's a great place to put quotes. It's wonderful when you're building your content that you you start with your own story, your own experience, your own personality. You, you let that be seen by your audience and then transition into those that influenced you in the middle, the meat of your speech, of your article. I think that offers a lot of credibility. It also gives you the opportunity to come back to your great story. And if you choose to, you can finish with another great quote. You can have it be almost the very end of your speech. Or if you want, you can quote again someone you had in the middle of your speech. You can offer their quote as the finale of your speech. For example, here's one that I really like to use and feel free to use it because it's not me. This is a quote by Isaac Asimov. Many of you read Isaac Asimov in your younger years when you were indulging in the whole sci-fi and and surrealism, and and I bet some of you are reading him now. Here's a quote I love from him. He says, if my doctor told me I had only six minutes to live, I wouldn't brood. I'd type a little faster. Now that's a quote I offer many times when I'm speaking to groups of people that have asked me to come because they feel like they've they've lost their momentum or that they're dealing with procrastination or productivity is low. That's a quote I use because, one, Isaac Asimov was prolific, oh my goodness, to even guess the number of pages that man wrote in his lifetime. Couldn't even guess. Millions, I would, I would, I betcha, millions. In addition, the credit that came to him, he was, he was one of the only in his time doing what he did. So offering a quote by someone like that at the very end of your speech or your article it just, while you're writing it, it helps you remember that everything else that you're saying belongs to you, but it, it helps you build up to that quote. 
to write your own content that builds towards that finale. It's a great technique. It's one I encourage people to do. And I call that the finale. It's just just something I call it. Really, really focusing on something, something very wise that a person in the particular field you're speaking about said so that you can end great, but you also had that opportunity with your own content to build up to it. Guess what? I knew this would happen. We have a question. <laughs> we also have about, oh, I think about six minutes. So let's go. Let's get to this question. Uh, we have Michael that has written in. Says, I'm so glad you're talking about building content and the IS syndrome. It's mine and it's been mine for a really long time. I don't really know how to quote people. I don't know where it goes in my articles. So I usually summarize or I try to paraphrase and give credit in the footnotes. But I know I'm not doing it right. And my mother has always said that I'm very caught up in doing things right. So when that scares me, I just don't do much at all. Anyway, I want you to know I have taken a job that involves writing now. So I really need your help. But more than anything, I think you're talking to us so that we can build our confidence again. Oh, Michael. Now, all of a sudden I realized this was a past student of mine. Lovely to hear from you. Yes, I am talking about this topic because I want to build your confidence. I also want to give you, I hope this has been helpful to get some, some techniques that you might use. But here's the thing, Michael. Footnotes, footnotes are a great place to exact. In other words, it's a great place to say this is the exact name of the authors I found. This is the exact title of the article I read. This is the exact page I found it on. Uh, this is the exact year it came out. Footnotes are great for that. So don't leave out the footnotes. I think it's wonderful that you're using them. But what I want you to do is go back and do a little Google search this, this might be helpful too. I'm, I have long since assumed people know this, but let me share this. When you're trying to remember a quote that someone said, uh, so let's just take this Isaac Asimov quote. I'm going to take, I'm going to take two key words out of it. One is first, I'm going to read you the quote. And then I'm going to tell you the technique. So the quote is, if my doctor told me I only had six minutes to live, I wouldn't brood. I'd type a little faster. So let's say you remember, there's this quote by Isaac Asimov. Oh, I want to use it. I want to use it. How did it go? It was something about the doctor and typing faster. How did it go? This is what you do. You go to Google 
And in the Google search, you put in quotation marks, Isaac Asimov. And then you put the words you remember. So say you remember the word doctor, type faster. It's going to bring up that quote. I promise you. If you can get two or three or four words from that quote, even just two words from the quote, and you know who said it, Google will bring it up and you are home free. From there, you can look up the article. You can go on and on and on and search. Another thing you can do if you don't know the author is you can type in the notion. So the notion might be, I would say this one would work very well under searches for procrastination. Because he's saying, if I only had six minutes to live, I wouldn't brood. I'd type a little faster. That's a Somebody has categorized that under procrastination. So go for the key category. And then you can start putting those quotes in your writing. And I just want to assure you, Michael, I remember your writing. You are a lovely writer. Lovely. If you want to be a credible writer, and my guess is if you're working now as a writer, you do, go back to some of those stories and writings you enjoyed and pick quotes, stick them on sticky notes, and put them all over your computer so they're ready for you. I just want to thank everyone for listening today. This is my hopeful help that you're going to go right back to your writing, create great content. You don't have to hang out as a person who believes in the imposter syndrome. Nope, you don't belong there. It's just the shadow. Tune in next Thursday. I'll have more content for you. And until then, namaste, my friends.